Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Epner and Dan Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. This show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. Oh, week one of the NFL season, officially just a few short days away. We have been waiting for this conversation for months and months and months now. All of the proverbial lull of the offseason, all roads lead to now. All of the hype that has surrounded the Chargers team throughout training camp and the preseason. The talking stops now. It is time, as one Chris Harry said on this show months ago, go out and prove it. Jake. Can you feel it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Shout out to Shaq. Shaq and a fool on this side. Um, holy hell. It has been a long 2023 offseason, but Jake Hefner, we are back. 2023 NFL season is upon us. We are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days away. Less, less than one bare naked lady. Four days from Chargers week one versus Miami. Football is back. And I cannot be more excited, more hyped. I woke up this morning and I had the rel- like the realization, wow, football's back. Viewers, I, listeners, football is back, baby. You know, I, I saw it when you put that tweet out. And, mm. I, and at first, while I agree with you, I almost thought to myself, I'm like, why did it take Dan this long? You know, because we, we've we've obviously had the little bit of a bye week from the preseason, not having the fourth preseason game. So you had all of last week to figure it out. You had essentially all of August to figure it out that we're kind of getting back to it. But four days before the game, you're just like, OK, if football is officially back. I got it for some people until they are sitting in front of their couches and you don't hear the NFL red zone music. On your television screen, like for them, that will be the moment that everything is officially back. I get it, but hell, just Chargers football. Look, Chargers football is back in four days. Football is back tomorrow. I think, honestly, I think it goes to show like how much we have done these past few months to where we've been kind of like heads down and like finally, like, oh, like you get your head up out of the water for two seconds. You're like, oh my gosh, it's September. And we've gone through training camp. We've gone through the Kellen Moore hire. We've gone through mini camp. We've gone through the draft and rookies and free agents and all of that. All of the outlook, all of the, you know, demoralizing stuff from the end of last year. And finally, we're here. And so we get to talk about today. Finally, we get to talk about week one overall. We're going to talk about the preview later this week. We're playing Miami. We, the team, not us. I'm not playing. They don't want me there. Trust me. We're playing the Dolphins. And we've seen some shade. We've seen some topics come up on socials from the Dolphins headquarter, which we'll talk about. Shocker. <laughs> Sorry, not, and, and- not, not, not from Mike McDonough, Daniel, because obviously he's going to be getting questions about that. But just in general, here we go again with this whole Chargers-Dolphins narrative social media war. Yeah. Um, yeah, here we, yeah. here we go. Yeah, so uh, look, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about it a lot more uh, later on, probably tomorrow or Friday. Uh, season outlook, Jake, 
we get to go into what we expect for the season. We'll talk about some updates from the team this week. Uh, captains were announced today. We'll talk about what we expect and hope to see this year, as well as what we hope to not see this year. Uh, so, Jake, let's get into it. Over or under? Nine and a half wins for this Los Angeles Chargers team. First of all, I think that's like the standard line for the Scratch Chargers. that. Scratch that. Over or under, Jake? Ten and a half. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you, raised, you raised it by one. Okay. Ten and a half. First of all, Dan told me before we got on this show, he's like, I hope you're ready because I'm about to bring the fire on the over-under prediction. And then he literally rattles off the exact line that's currently out (laughs) for the Chargers from a win and loss standpoint. So good. I'm glad you upped the ante a little bit, albeit by one game. So ten and a half. Ten and a half. Jake's sweating. He's thinking. You know, let's let's not let's not forget here. The wheels are turning. When you, when you when you go through everything, first of all, this is not a simple over under type of answer because you yes, really have to yes, assimilate see, see. everything that's here. First of all, the Chargers have the seventh toughest schedule in the NFL this season. Yep. Their last seven weeks for the opponents that they have to face is going to be pretty damn tough at that point of the season. <laughs> hmm. I, I say 10 wins, even at a stacked AFC conference. If you don't get the 10 wins, you're not making the playoffs. So I, I, I'll say that they will. I say that they will. Come on, Jake. Come on. God, do it. I want to see. I want to see these wheels turn and I want to see the story flipped. I want to see optimistic Jake. Before the season starts, come on, give it to me. I, I feel to, like you give it to us. Optimistic Jake throughout Continue. This, the entire off season. So, Jake, eleven wins. Oh, that's a euphoric moment to start the twenty twenty three banner of Chargers Unleashed Week One. Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Well, I want to remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your very own home. All you got to do to get into the action is head on over to the website that's betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. So Jake, we said at the top football is back. You and I, we were in Anaheim for the bolt show rock solid sports memorabilia event. Great turnout, by the way, insane. We got to talk to all kinds of players. Isaiah Spiller, Otito Ogbenia, which, <laughs> which Pelotu. actually go ahead and keep rattling. And I'll come back to Tito here in a second. Asante Samuel Jr. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eric Kendricks, Darren Sproles, Max Duggan was there. Uh, Quentin Johnson was there the day after he was actually out of TCU being commemorated. So came the next day, all those guys, we got a chance to talk to with Chargers fans. Football is back. Feels good. Go ahead, Jake. If you were listening to our live stream at the point when Tito was in the room for the signing event, great. Dan Walgett side decided to basically shoot his shot and see what stuck to the wall. And as Tito was literally walking out of the building, literally walked right behind us, out the door, this direction. As he was out the door, Dan Wolkenside stands up with his microphone and he says, and he says, hey, so we'll see you uh, week five, right? That's, and Tito basically just like 
pointed at him and said, hey, you know, it's like it did everything. They kind of gave like the nonchalant, non-committal type laugh and just said, hey, you know, that's that's kind of a good one type of thing. So Dan tried to get something out of him to try to get an idea of when Tito may be returning to the field. But in all estimates, uh, he looked he looked in fantastic shape. And again, huge because we were sitting down and for a guy that big to walk past you. Um, he's big enough as it is when you're standing up, but when you're sitting down, he looks ginormous. Yes. Jake, I mentioned it. I woke up this morning and, and football's back. I even have a candle lit for this football. I think it's football and flannel is the candle I have going. Shout out to Michaels for providing this to me. Wow. Which wow. also is pretty hilarious. I know this is a translation, but on the top is a scented candle. And the translation, I'm going to say it in English, but it looks like it says bougie perfume. I know it's translated for scented candle, but look, it literally says bougie perfume. Get to learn so many things about one Dan Wolkenstein on this show. Outside of football knowledge, he's plugging Michaels, and now you know that he has scented candles in his office. So, yeah, But Jake, we get to hear Al Michaels' voices, or voices like Al Michaels, because football's back. Damn, does it feel good. Um... So you said over under, you said over 10 and a half. Let's get right off the jump. Let's get to season predictions. We're doing it starting off this. I knew there was a reason why Dan Wolkenstein was happy about this show, because now he gets to try to peel the onion back painfully from me. And he knows that I absolutely hate, hate predicting these type of things, especially when we haven't even played a game yet. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. We are kicking this off. Season predictions. Jake, I said right off the top, very easy. Uh, somebody asked me today, season prediction, 11 and 6. Book it. I'm going 11 and 6. They're going to be one game better than last year. They're going to be... It's going to be a tougher schedule, for sure. But this team yep. is better. And there's a lot going for it, which I'm sure we'll get to here as we get to kind of the outlook, what we hope to expect to see this season. 11 wins, considering the teams they're up against, considering the division they're in. I think that's a monumentous win. And if they can get to 11, I think they're challenging for the AFC West. Well, I'll go a little bit deeper into why I was, it was bullish on the 11th, or the 11 wins, excuse me. Number one, I don't believe nine wins gets you to the playoffs. You get 10 wins, even in a stacked AFC conference, you may lose to a tiebreaker. I think if you want to guarantee your ride to the playoffs, whether you're still playing in the wild card or divisional round or whatever it is in terms of seeding goes, I think you have to get to 11. I think you have to get to 11 in order to feel comfortable that you make the playoffs because 11 could get you a home game. I don't know about that. I don't maybe, know about that. Not maybe, in this yeah. conference. I'm not so sure about that, but 11 definitely gets you in the playoffs. 10 depending on how other teams you may have to deal with a tiebreaker, which is why these AFC AFC conference games are so critical. The only way, only thing I may disagree with you on is nine could get in only because the whole AFC is going to be beating up on each other all season. And so as much as you want to say the Chargers have a bad schedule in terms of strength schedule and toughness, like so do a bunch of other teams. Sure. So nine could get in. Do you want to leave it to that? No, we saw what happened two years ago. When it was left to that, and they were the odd man out. So, 11 and 6. Let's say you. 
11? That's what I said. So 11 wins, which we're, then we're in mathematically lockstep. leave six losses. <laughs> All right, we're in lockstep, 11 and six. Wow. What world are we living in where Jake Hefter is optimistic with 11? We've come a long way from four years ago. This, this when, like, getting almost... to seven was, like, pulling now, teeth. Now, hang on a second. I, I say this with, with more, I don't want to call it optimism, but more of kind of a do-or-die mentality. Because from everything that we have talked about with Brandon Staley this offseason, with as much as we know that he's on the hot seat, as much as a lot of people know what's at stake for him with Justin Herbert going into his fourth year, now the fact that you have Kellen Moore as part of this team, and the way that you exited the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. You have to deliver. You absolutely have to deliver, both offensively and defensively, to make this work. So I, I don't think that there's any question that if you want to make the playoffs and make a playoff run, in this AFC conference, when again, we're not talking about the NFC, which is going to be a completely different story in terms of who's get, going to be able to get in record-wise. But if you're able to get in, not only do you have to win these AFC conference games, but you have to put forth a much better record than you have in recent memory in your own division. Yeah, Division games, obviously, will get, is the first step towards making the playoffs if you win those. But as competitive as the Chargers and the Chiefs are, and the unfortunate record that the Chargers have had against the Chiefs over the last several years is not the best. So you need to make a push on that. And last year, you split with Oakland. Last year, you split with Denver. Lost two against Kansas City. You have to do better than that to guarantee your place in the playoffs. And you're going to have to do so behind your team captains that were released today. Uh, news on the Chargers front. Team captains, Keenan Allen. No shocker. Austin Eckler, we'll talk about. Josh Harris, special teams ace. Justin Herbert, obviously. Derwin James, obviously. Sebastian Joseph Day, saw it last year as well. Corey Lindsley, Khalil Mack, and Eric Kendricks. Jake, the one name that's not there that I find intriguing just looking at this now is Joey Bosa. And Khalil Mack being there. Now, I'm not making a big deal out of it, but I just find that interesting with how much money he's getting paid by the team, how long he's been. He's been drafted by the team. Khalil Mack, a captain. And also Eric Kendricks, year one, already a captain. And Austin Eckler, we talked about kind of the, I'm going to call it drama of the offseason. Still a captain. Thoughts on the overall list. So I don't think that there should be any surprise that Eric Kendricks is on that list because you could you could understand in the first couple of weeks that Eric Kendricks arrived in camp how lauded he was from the rest of that team in terms of how much respect he has garnered with his from teammates. Daily and all the way down. Coaches, teammates, guys who he had never even met before. And the impact that he has seemingly already had on some of the guys that surround him at his own position, mm -hmm. this should surprise absolutely nobody. Um, so I, I, it, it's great to see that, obviously, but it, it really shouldn't surprise anybody at the end of the day. The whole the Joey Bosa thing, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, Dan. I don't make a big deal about it either. Um, I don't know if it's a big deal. It's more just like interesting, right? You know, veteran of the team, been around for a long time. And he's not one of them. I mean, again, I'm 
I, I don't really make a big deal about it. When I looked at the list, I thought to myself, like, okay, those those are good. In terms I, honestly, of all the, the, the only the only deal I make of it is the fact that Khalil Mack is in and not Joey Bosa. Like of the Edge group, they picked Mac. Sure. Sure. How's it? Any other names that you think? No, everything have- Everything looked pretty solid. Speaking so, of one Bosa to another, Dan. Nick Bosa, did he get a contract? Nick Bosa. I know that this is Chargers Unleashed, but you know what the hell in terms of set, new setting the market for edge rushers. Joey Bosa has agreed to a new, or excuse Nick me, Bosa. Nick Bosa has agreed to a new five-year, $170 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers, including $122.5 million guaranteed. That's a $32 million average. Oof. Holy smokes. Remember back in the days that we thought when Joey Bosa's new contract, when that was big? <laughs> Jeez. So the Bosa so, family is going to be having a you know fight for tabs. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll let it slide because the Niners, I'm sure, are just excited as hell to have their star pass rusher back. Yes. Uh, so, Jake, you kind of mentioned the do or die, and Sebastian Joseph Day kind of talked about it. Derwin James talked about, like, now you have a you know group of grown men all playing together. Uh, you can't underestimate and understate how do or die this is. Now, is it literally do or die? Come on, guys. No, but like it, people's jobs are on the line for sure, sure. this year, and you can go from executive all the way down to player across the board. The team showcased by the social team, social part of the team, they keep receipts. And if they want to talk about it or not, they do. The social team of the Chargers absolutely talks about it. Brandon Staley, you're not going to hear anything. Kellen Moore, you're not going to hear anything. Tom Flesco, you're not going to hear anything. Darren, you might hear a little bit. Some of the players you will, but most of them you won't. There's been so much criticism and so much pressure and so much heat on these players. They know what's at stake this year. And what I'm looking forward to seeing is the team feels like it is going into the season with is collective back against the wall. People are, I don't want to say they have their pitchforks ready, but people are going to be very quick with knee-jerk reactions one way or the other. But this team knows the talent. They know what's at stake. They know what's ahead of them. They know the competition, but they know who they have inside the building and that it is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Make no mistake about it. This team has the talent to win the Super Bowl. And enough, I think I saw Robert Sala from the Jets talk about how previous years, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, they, they didn't win, but oh, you played us tough. And he was like, F that. I'm kind of in that same realm when we talk about like playing the Chiefs and playing the Bills. Like, oh, we play the Chiefs tougher than any other team in the NFL. Who cares? Still lost. And I'm sure that's what a lot of other people say. Is it true? Sure. But it doesn't matter. This is the year that 
all of those like fluffy things that make people try to feel better about themselves after a loss or whatever out the window. None of that matters. And there is a lot of criticism of Tom Telesco, of Brandon Staley, of Justin Herbert about like, at the end of the day, did you win or lose? At the end of the day, did you make a playoff appearance? At the end of the day, like, this is kind of red, black. Credits, debits. Did you win or did you lose? Up and down the roster, up and down the staff, up and down with Tom Telesco, Dean Spanos. Like, that's where we're at at this point. So that's the do or die. I know I was on a kind of a soapbox there for a second. But, like, make no mistake about it. This is, and I said it early on when the season started, when the offseason started. I can't recall a season more altering to a franchise one way or the other than what we're about to embark on since covering this team. Period. I can't. I think it's, I think it's, in terms of your perspective there, Dan, it's, because of all of the things that are in play that we know about. And obviously things could have changed if the chargers had won that playoff game in Jacksonville. And maybe we wouldn't be sitting here with all of these connecting storylines, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's do or die. And did the chargers face criticism in the off season? Rightfully so. Did they own it? Sure. They did. They needed to. Derwin James said in a recent interview, they know what they need to fix in terms of the defense goes with the so-called elephant in the room. Brandon Staley owned up to the mistakes just days after the playoff game. Didn't shy away from it, even though it may not have been perceptions or opinions that people necessarily agreed with on why he did this or why he did that. Regardless, I think as a coach and stepping up and taking responsibility for what took place, I thought he did that. In terms of what's been done in the offseason, you can't help be impressed. I mean, really, from the front office standpoint, from the decisions to pounce on Kellen Moore and sign him as soon as he became available, which was a very nice gift from the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> from the standpoint of restructuring contracts, the likes of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, just to free up enough cap space to bring in the likes of Eric Kendricks and, of course, sign Justin Herbert to as of today, still the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And then you go out and you get the draft class that you got, which Dan and I have talked about a number of times. We can't remember this many draftees in a single draft class before week one has even started, already showing signs that they're going to be huge contributors to this team. But then you look to the future to say, if the Chargers don't make the playoffs (laughs) after all this, Like I said, Dan, I felt like last year was a pass after what took place. And I've said previously that I do believe that Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco are connected in terms of their tenure with this team. So, yeah, it is do or die. And I think everybody realizes what needs to take place with the team that you have in place right now. What's that saying? You you learn a lot about someone's will when they get punched in the mouth kind of thing. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing is, you know, it's easy to put on a brave face. Like when things are going well and when there isn't, you know, a, a mark on your back, but this team collectively has a lot to prove 
to the point where a lot of like national pundits, I don't want to say have given up on the Chargers, but are very much like cautiously not talking about them. And I don't blame them, to be honest. I kind of like it, but I don't blame them. And so this kind of leads into like what we hope to and expect to see this season. Jacob, before we get to that, identity theft prevention is real and can actually be done with our friends over at Aura. You can rid yourself of all of the issues with bots, robocalls, people trying to steal your identity. And now they're offering a two-week free trial where you can check it out, see what your thoughts are. Let's talk about our friends over at Aura before we get to what we expect and hope to see and not to see from this Chargers team in 2023. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You can try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. All right, Jake, you got us going with the optimistic side of you. Let's kick this thing back to the pessimist in you. Oh, it just feels natural. Here we go. Let's go. What should we better not see in 2023? From this Los Angeles Chargers. We talk about what we expect to see. We're going to start this thing off. If we freaking see blank, you're going to see Jake lose a gasket. Uh, I think Blow this a is, gasket. Blow I a think gasket. This, I think this is very easy. You have to obviously improve the run defense, which is going to improve another number of mul- a number of things as it relates to your overall core defensively. It, it's more so being able to win in the trenches on both sides of the ball. But... Dan, I said it after the season was over as it led up to minicamp OTAs. If I was Derek Ansley, and it sounds like obviously everybody has answered this to an extent and you can already hear the frustration of the players by it. You've heard it from Chris Rump here on this show. You've heard of it from Bass and Joseph Day. You've heard it from Derwin James. You've heard it from Joey Bosa. I would have been running every single 40-yard run that the Chargers gave up last year on a damn loop. I would have made him go to sleep with their iPads with that film on tape personally, just to get them to understand how volatile and how backbreaking that facet of their defense was that cost them in a number of occasions last year. So your run de- defense has to improve. And I think the Chargers recognize that from player standpoint, from coaching, from free front office, obviously from going out and reinforcing the interior the defensive line a little bit better. You draft to, to Pelotu to pair with Chris Rump. Now your core four looks a little bit better than what it had last year. And obviously the Chargers had a lot of confidence in that as they kept all four of those guys as their primary edge rushers. Dan, that's number one. It has to improve on that. If we start seeing in the early weeks of this year with more of the same that we saw with those 40-yard runs or just a 
imposing offensive linemen just, you know, imposing their will on the interior of this defensive line, the Chargers are going to be in a heap of trouble. I think the more arching thing with the defense, Dan, and maybe, and maybe that is probably the biggest thing, is that can we finally see the defense that Brandon Staley was essentially brought in for with this team? Can we, see the, can we see the defense that we saw versus Miami last year? The defensive-minded guru that was the defensive coordinator of the Rams back in 2020. And again, I said this to you last week, Dan. While I know that this is still Brandon Staley's defense, and while Derek Ansley still holds the defensive coordinator title, I think you're actually going to see much more of a blended integration for this defense because the players respond so well to Derek Ansley. And if Brandon Staley can put this all together, and I think from the standpoint of personnel, this is about the closest thing that he has in terms of being multiple at different levels, being versatile, get away from the predictable zone defense the Chargers had to run so much last year out of necessity. You get past that, and you get into more of an aggressive, tackling, just get after it type mode, which it sounds like that's what's been alluded to from this coaching staff that we have heard them talk about. That could be a huge difference maker. We all, I think we all expect huge things for Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert. And with all these weapons, if they don't produce, obviously that would just be the biggest shocker in the world. But defensively right now, if you were to look at this from a 30,000 foot view, what is that interior defensive line going to look like when the pads come on and you're going up against the opposite team in the games that count? You're right. Well said. I hope we don't see that. Jake, you're a movie buff. Very much so. Denzel Washington, one of the best. What I hope and expect to see in 2023. Man on fire throughout this Chargers team. Specifically, Justin Herbert. I want to see this guy sling it. But I'll start at the top. Brandon Staley. I want to see a meme at some point this year of man on fire with Brandon Staley's face on it <laughs> after some ridiculous play calls situationally <laughs> go crazy. Brandon Staley has been through the ringer. Evidenced by the preview the Chargers put out of All In. You look at the difference before and after he took the job kind of thing. Last year must have been an absolute gauntlet. I would say he experienced some stress. Physically, mentally, emotionally. That year sucked. Sure, there were a lot of learning experiences, a lot of positive takeaways. But last year, as Fans, you and I covering the team professionally, that was a tough year. And that was a roller coaster of emotions all the way through. I hope and expect to see Brandon Staley just say, F it. If we're going down, we're going down swinging, we're going down all in my way. Because that's why he was brought in to coach this team. That's why they brought in Kellen Moore. Because that effort mentality, you could draw a hard line from the stark contrast of what you saw from Joe Lombardi 
what you'll see, what you've seen from Kellen Moore. That offense is going to hum. I hope and expect to see it. Brandon Staley, you're going to see a fired up, emotional Brandon Staley all season. You'll see more smiles from Brandon Staley this year than you've seen throughout his career with the Chargers. And you're going to see more fist bumps and screams from Justin Herbert than you've seen throughout his career. You're going to see more deep shots from Justin Herbert than you've seen throughout his career, including his rookie year. Man on fire. I haven't even talked about the defense. But man on fire is the theme that I want to see week one, pedal to the metal. If you're going to lose, lose on your terms and lose with the strengths and the guys that you got. And you look at the talent, you look at the roster, look at the coaching. There is no excuse for anything other than that. I don't disagree at all with that, Dan. I would still say, is this going to be the fourth and Staley show that we saw in, yep. in Brent Stanley's first? You 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 believe that. You believe yep. that he'll get back to doing it that much and literally just hitting the effort button from the jump. How about this? I'll put my money where my mouth is. Every time we see a fourth and Staley successful attempt, we're giving away a t-shirt. Every time. Successful attempt. Success, every successful make sure, attempt. Make sure to preface that. You will get a, we'll have a giveaway of a fourth and Staley t-shirt. Every single yeah. one. Hey, I like it. Nice plug as well on top of, I hope in that case, we're giving out like 18 t-shirts. So oh, more than that. <laughs> for that. Proud of you over on 18. Dan, I'll, I'll close. I'll just piggyback off of that from appreciate you lauding my movie buffness. I'll, I'll pull two quotes from you. In Speed, there was a quote that was made by Keanu Reeves and his police captain, where they kept talking about his reckless behavior. And they say, crazy, not stupid. Brandon Staley has to find the fine line between that. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about going for it on 4th and 15 from your own 20-yard line. We're not talking about those type of decisions. And then, Dan, more of a lighthearted quote that's kind of in the same vein is from the Mighty Ducks 3 with Coach Riley, where he says... Don't be too cautious, but don't be too careful either. So I think that's what Brandon Staley just has to find the fine line because I'm with you on all of the aggression and everything that has been talked about from Brandon Staley, from Kellen Moore, as far as what this offense is going to do, they are going to push and they are going to push and they are going to push and you would think from all that pushing that the uh, result is going to be points on the board. The other thing that I hope, and I don't want to say expect, but I'm leaning towards expect is, you know, this kind of takes me back to pie and eating it. And like, there's only a finite amount that you can have. And you hear a lot of people say, well, well, if you, in relation to the Chargers. Well, I don't want Chester Herbert to, you know, have to throw less if it means we're going to run more. If it's I, scoring you points, at the end of the day, who cares? But I genuinely believe that the Chargers can throw for more yardage and have more touchdowns while also 
having a vastly improved run game. That's well, what I hope and somewhat expect to see. I expect to see Justin Herbert around 5,000 yards this year. I expect to see 35 touchdowns. I also expect to see 2,000 yards, 1,500, 2,000 yards combined from this running game. And they were no, they were half that last year. So by that token, Dan, for as much as they had to throw it last year, because remember, them throwing it last year was more about necessity because they were playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. And this is why Dan Wolkenstein is the optimistic one out of the two of us, because he's over here talking about how surprised he is to see me optimistic. Dan Wolkenstein, while I'm not downing his optimism, he's also got me to a point where thinking, okay, so by that token, Dan, you thinking that they're going to throw for more than they did last year, score more touchdowns than they did last year by a pretty good margin. Mm hmm. I would then have to assume that some of these games, you probably have the Chargers winning by at least 17 points. Either winning by 17 or it being a shootout with a lot of points being scored. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just wanted to kind of get a rough estimate because it was hard for the Chargers to come by wins last year, let alone ones that were blowouts. It had been a long time since we had seen a game like the Chargers versus the Rams last year. So... Hey, if that ends up coming to fruition, I'm all for it. I know the entire Chargers fan base, I'm sure, would love to see something like that where it doesn't come down to the last 10 seconds of the fourth quarter just to figure out if the Chargers are going to win a damn football game. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Jake, last year, for example, last year, the Chargers ranked... Let me pull this up. I'm trying to do this live. Chargers were third most in passing yards in the NFL. Just over 45, almost 4,600 yards, only behind the Chiefs and the Bucks. In total yards, they were 10th, excuse me, they were 8th at 6,100 yards. That's 900 yards less than the Chiefs. In rushing, third worst. And they had 1,500 yards combined by everybody. Again, at least 2,000 yards can be had on the ground and they could increase their passing game. Nope. That is not hard to do. That should be done. The chief hell the chiefs, they don't even have a running back and they had more running, but they had more rushing yards than you did. Explain that to me. So yeah, hope expect kind of blurring the two lines. That's what I'm looking for. I, I think I, I think I was more questioning it, Dan, because me personally, I think that uh, I believe that the Chargers' offense is going to be a little bit more balanced, and not that that's a bad thing by any means. No, it, but I think that the Chargers' run game is, is going to be able to be much more productive than it was last year, and because of that, if the Chargers have to lean on the run game to drown the clock out because it's being productive, then why the hell would you shy away from what's working? Uh, a uh, line that I have uttered many, many times on this show when <laughs> it has come to the Chargers and regular season play. I would love to see, we t we talked about it on Saturday. I'd love to see a game much like the the first game of the season two years ago when the Chargers were playing the, the Commanders. Seven and a half minutes left on the clock and the Chargers leaned on the run game and the Commanders never got the ball back. I would love to see games like that. I really would. Just to go out there, flex your muscle, 
take take control of the trenches. So strictly for that standpoint, I don't I, I may not see Justin Herbert with those numbers, but hey, I'm all for it if you can if you could do both while also having the run game be a heavy weapon for you offensively. Jake, the Chiefs. Okay, we're talking you're talking about balanced team, right? The Chiefs had almost two thousand yards rushing last year. Chargers again had fifteen hundred yards. Let's look for the Bills. Bills had over 2,200 yards rushing. And that's with Josh Allen slinging it. So we're saying the same thing. The running game is going to improve. That is going to bring a more balanced offense, even if the passing game stays as is or better. So are there any other... I mean, I could, look, I, I can say the thing that I better not see i hope to not see but i'm not even going to say it because we've all experienced it too many times we're getting to week one and we got miami coming up here and there's so many storylines there you know looking back to last year with uh, all the injuries the chargers face and how much they still kind of pull the rabbit out of the hat and arguably had their best performance at least on defense all year Remember last year, the offensive line was kind of crippled. Justin Herbert was ailing, and it was kind of didn't look great on offense, but the defense carried it through. You're seeing Mike McDaniels kind of say some weird stuff about the Chargers game last year and this year. Honestly, like it was very weird that podium thing that he. Uh, what do you make of those comments, Jake? For those who didn't know, Mike McDaniels kind of like alluding to the fact that. Maybe it was Ronaldo Hill that was calling the good game and was alluding to just I don't know. It was it was weird, wasn't it? I mean, let's let's preface this, which if if you've heard Mike McDaniel speak over the last year, <laughs> speaking about the Chargers or not, there are he's made a plenty of weird comments. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you were talking to Dolphins fans right now, they'd say, Oh, this is commonplace. This is another Mike McDaniel type comment from him. This one was a little, I mean, I, the, the first part of the question where, where he answers in terms of the concern about the Brandon Staley plan, his answer to that, I didn't really take much away from that. Him just thinking, he's like, oh yeah, we only think about that, you know, one seventeenth of the season, talking about basically one out of 17 games, of course. But then he kind of extended it to say for the standpoint that, well, we've got Ronaldo Hill now as far as our coaching staff and he was the one that really put that together. And that's why the Chargers perform so well. And now we got him. It was a very interesting, that was a very strange comment to make. I mean, I get it. You want to fight for your guys. Didn't you I, got him on it? Hey, there, and which is totally fine. That's just an interesting way to flex muscle like that. It's a bold material for sure. Before a game. And I, I personally am more. I'm more worried about the Vic Fangio connection because Vic Fangio and Brandon Jeez. Staley know each other very, very well. So, yeah, does it is it a little bit of an advantage to kind of have someone who was part of this defensive coaching staff that we had last year that now you have this year? Yes, it is. But I definitely thought that was just a weird way for him to present it. You see all these coaches apparently just not pulling any words with each other anymore. You have the whole Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett thing that goes on with Robert Sala mixed in the middle now. And now this, it's more, it's more subtle, subtle, but now you got some coaches that are just really, you know, 
not pulling not pulling any punches and not really giving a crap anymore. Like so all it does is just it fuels the fire as if there was any more fire that needed to be fueled for this game coming up. And it's just another storyline to watch because both of these teams are going to be completely different from when they saw each other last year, both from a personnel standpoint, from a scheme standpoint, how they're going to attack. I, I'm sure both teams are going to put up their points and it's going to be high scoring affair. It may actually be the best game of the NFL week to watch in terms of fireworks. We'll see. I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but you're right. I think fire has been fueled, especially between these two fan bases and these two teams. Uh, I love that this is week one and the Chargers and Dolphins both have had all off season to kind of prep for this one. What gets me jazzed is the Chargers got their guys back. Like we don't know about Deion Henley. I think I saw news today that he was not practicing out there today. Popper reported he's still not on the field right now as it relates to practice, still ailing from his hamstring injury, which is we don't not ideal. We don't know about the JC Jackson. So I don't want to call it saga, but the updates. So we don't know if he's gonna be playing. I think we saw him off the side uh, practicing today but what we do know is as it stands justin herbert is healthy they got a new offensive line now refreshed and healthy they got a new offensive coordinator they have new weapons at wide receiver their running backs seem to have drastically improved they've got their defensive line back aside from tito austin johnson is back they've added scott matlock they've added guys all over the field I think this secondary is wiser. They've got a healthy Khalil, healthy Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Derek Ansley is now at the helm. Eric Kendricks was added. We've heard about Kenneth Murray drastic improvement. Will we see it? Rashawn Slater is back. That's a lot of guys that are now either back or now healthy or added to a team that we did not see last year. So that's what's got me excited is how much talent or health is being infused back into this team this year. Say, we got football this week. Football is back, baby. My candle's still lighting. I'm not letting this thing go until it burns out after week 17, well into the playoffs when the Chargers are playing the playoffs. Anything else? We've set the stage. Next up, Dolphins week one preview on Charges and Least Jake. Anything else I want to tell the great friends before we get out of here? I'll save my comment for the preview show. Other than that, excited to put an imprint into my couch, much like I do with the NFL draft, because there will be no leaving. Once Red Zone comes on, and then, of course, the Chargers game at 1 p.m. local time. So, good to have football back. I will be there. My couch, on the other hand, hates it. (laughs) Yes, I'll be there at SoFi uh, with all of the Chargers fans. I'm pumped. Let's get after it. Next up on the docket from Chargers Unleashed, week one preview. We'll talk about the next on the next Chargers Unleashed. But for Jake Hefter, Dan Wolkenstein, LAFB, Chargers Unleashed. Thank you, guys, gals so much for tuning in be sure to hit the like and subscribe button on youtube go check out the giveaway we have for a keenan allen signed mini helmet pinned to our profile on x 
signed Vinny Hamlet by Keenan Allen. When are we giving that away to him? Before kickoff on Sunday. Can't wait. Go shoot your shot. Shoot or shoot. We'll talk to you next time on the next Chargers 